You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian. Scott Ishii. My Ohio State Buckeyes are not the champions of college football, Brian. No, they were vanquished. Yes. <laughs> there should be no champion of college football this year, though, really. So, you know what? You wouldn't have wanted to win this weird COVID year, right? I completely agree. Obviously, this is a totally invalid championship and a totally invalid season. Never happened, honestly. Right. It was a mistake. Well, actually, one game, one game happened. We beat Clemson. That's no, no, true. No yeah. other game, though, really <laughs> occurred. Right. That one counts. Yeah. <laughs> Just that one. Right. Um, but I'd be interested to hear, is this, are you seeing this as just another uh, Ohio State loss on the big stage? Are you seeing it as a, a, a stain on the Big Ten? Or is it just Alabama's awesome? Yeah, that kind of is my takeaway. Like, I feel like the whole SEC, I mean, one, the SEC Big Ten, like, I feel like the SEC has won that. So they've won it. You know, that's kind of over. But I think Ohio State has clearly emerged as the team that matters in that conference and is and that they are every bit as good as these other programs like you know like you're saying they beat clemson and they beat clemson in dominant fashion you know yeah and then they hung with alabama for a couple of quarters and then this alabama team is just incredible i mean they're just loaded like they lost jalen waddle and, and for some reason he was out there last night but um <laughs> they didn't even need him you know they're just like they're it's just a ridiculously loaded team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, coming off too, last year's team was loaded. And then this, this year's true. team is just even better. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, they were so good. I was curious to see too, like they had through three quarters is when I looked at this and I think I wrote it down, but like through three quarters, they had the same amount of third downs than us, but they'd run like 28 more plays than we had. Wow. So, I mean, they don't even get into third down is the problem. They get so many yards every single play. We never have them in third down. Right. Yeah, they're unstoppable. They were just unstoppable. <laughs> unstoppable. Yeah. I don't know. I just to me it's like the the thing is like I just Nick Saban is just an unbelievable football coach <laughs> in the way that he's reinvented the program and went from like a defense heavy to now they're like wide receiver you. And just one unbelievable wide receiver after another, like to make that shift to be as old as he is and as successful as he was playing a certain way to just like turn on a dime like that and then go and then dominate everybody the way that like you started to slip a little bit is unbelievable. You know, it's like you wish all coaches were that ability to do that. Right. To just change course. I do think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he was a defensive coach and still is one at heart, because I think on defense, especially you know, as these new offensive trends have emerged in college football that are getting up into the pros, you know, he learns, oh, this is really hard to defend. I really hate how Joe Brady is doing this to us from LSU. And I really hate how, you know, you had this like new wave of guys come into the SEC, Hugh Freeze. And like, even going back to Urban Meyer and Dan Mullen, who's now at Florida still like, oh, the spread and RPOs, those really suck to defend. Hey, we should start running those so that other teams can't defend them. Yeah, it's true. Maybe you don't have that pride of like, this is my offense. I designed this offense. You're just like, what's kicking our ass this year? Yeah. And let's do that. <laughs> and I mean, that's basically what they've done, right? It's just like, oh, the SEC, the rest of the SEC is now built on spreading it out, speed, and RPOs. So 
let's just, since we recruit better than just about everybody else in the conference, let's do the awesome thing that they're doing, except with better players now. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just what a, it's so dominant. Yeah. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. Like, I wasn't even, honestly, I wasn't even that upset last night. You would think that I would just, I mean, you've seen me during an Ohio State title blowout with the misery I sit there with. I wasn't even that bad last night. Yeah, how could you? I mean, to me, it's like they would leave the game being like, well, I thought we played pretty good. They yeah. were just better. They were just better than we were. Right. <laughs> like, That's what, what I thought. What are we going to do? How could we win? They were better. They yeah, were so no good. There was no shame in it. You scored enough that it wasn't humiliating. There was a moment. There was, a, you know, they made it 14 all, cut it to 21-17. Like, you know, it was a decent showing. You just didn't have enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though when it was like – sort of close like 21 17 i just was watching it being like well let's see they're bigger than us they're faster than us they're stronger than us they're running the ball you know i mean they were just better also yeah, yeah. we lost trey sermon early and that was, was huge yeah that was yeah. killer yeah. that was just we couldn't recover from that so and justin fields is hurt true right and who knows how hurt we probably will never know never um and yeah, so there was no shame in it. Also, but you did lose, so I'm sorry about that. Yes, thank you. Did, we, <laughs> did, did you see that play where their defensive player, that guy, battle when he uh, he had the targeting and he got tossed? I saw a highlight of it, um, but I didn't see it live. Like you know, it was. I I don't think it was intentional. I don't think it was like a dirty play, but it's definitely was targeting crown of the helmet. You know, just the kind of hit that we've come to ex- or. You know, if you're not a jerk, you've come to accept is going to result in an ejection. What I did find, and and I'm saying this even as a, obviously as an Ohio State fan, that was a little, I don't know, unsettling, is the guy that he hit, Luke Ruckert, our tight end, hit in the head with the crown of his helmet where he was laying on the ground motionless for a few seconds. Because there was a timeout to review the play to make sure that they were going to eject battle, Ruckert never came out of the game. Like he was lying on the ground motionless. <laughs> the right. guy who hit him was ejected for the hit, and right. he played the next play. Right. And he then was ejected I, in yeah. the name of safety, but they just like grabbed his carcass and <laughs> kept him in the game. Right. <laughs> it's right. Just was like it's the whole thing is it's theater, really. I mean, that rule is kind of. I get what they're trying to do, and we all applaud making football safer but it's it's all theater i think i don't know yeah i i totally agree it just was i couldn't believe he was still on the field like, take him for a play right now get him back in there he's fine <laughs> he's fine I'm sure it's okay uh so yeah brian unfortunately i think uh the best chance for one of us to celebrate a championship on this podcast in 2021 is already gone Right, we'll have to wait till next year. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you say that? But... <laughs> uh, so, otherwise, uh, what did you think of the new playoff structure, and how did it impact your weekend, the extra game? I, I guess it was pretty fun. I was sort of against it when they announced it, because I totally felt the 12-team playoffs was perfection. It just felt like messing with something, but... Yeah, that those two triple letters were pretty great. It was <laughs> awesome. It was hard to argue with it. You were like, oh yeah, and didn't really notice it during the regular season, even you know, like so it was like, yeah, all right, I guess this was better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hand it to the NFL. All right, Goodell, tip it, of the cap. <laughs> well, the brilliance of it is it's it's still the first round team gets a buy, so it's only two more teams total, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just too, you know. Yeah. No, it was great. It was great. It was right. a great weekend. It was awesome. I guess it gives you, you know, it does give the one seed an even bigger advantage, and maybe that's fair. Um, so, yeah, it couldn't have been better for the NFL um, from that perspective. Also, Washington was really the only team that didn't belong. I mean, when based on, like, regular season performance. Right, and they would have gotten in any year. Right, so right. Yeah. That's always been a thing. Yeah. Uh, what stood out to you about the games? Anything? Um, you know, I, the thing that I came away from, like, or the thing I've been thinking about is just like, isn't it weird? Don't you think that people aren't talk? I guess it's, we're all tired of him. He's won six championships and I'm not here to like sing Tom Brady's praises. They've been sung enough, <laughs> but isn't everybody not impressed enough with Tom Brady's <laughs> 2020 season? He's 43 years old. He threw for like 40 touchdowns. He learned a totally different offense and has been amazing in it. Like, you know, and you thought those last few years, the Patriots had gone to this sort of dink and dunk, and it seemed like that was in because of Brady's age and that he needed to play that way. And then he goes down to Tampa, and he's flinging it all over the field. And so I know he didn't have, like, the greatest game, but just like the Patri- the I mean, the Bucks being in this position where they're going to – they're in the playoffs. They're one of the teams that can go to the Super Bowl, like, absolutely – what what he's done it's insanity like what is what is going on it's like how what is going on he's 43 years old all right how is this possible i know it's unbelievable honestly and he's going to go next week they're playing the saints right yes so breeze is another one how old Bree, breeze is at, he's older than us breeze is, is young is 42 he's 42. younger than brady but at, Breeze, at least, and he's still amazing, and he's crazy too. It's right. unbelievable. But you doing. see the decline in him you so much. You see more. it. It's yeah. at least invisible. There's things he can't do. Brady, it's like nothing has changed with the guy. Right, right. You could insert this version of Brady back into like 2015 or 16. Same guy. It's unbelievable. You yeah. could argue this is like one of his best seasons. And it and and they didn't get off to the greatest start, but some of that was like he was clearly learning this new offense. And once he seemed to get it, They've been just incredible the second half of the year. And I think they have a great chance to beat the Saints, even though Saints are really good. Um, you know, I think that I think they got a really good chance. It's just it just seems to be quiet. Like we're talking, you know, I know it's because there's like a lot of really exciting young quarterbacks. And, you know, it's just who wants to like sit here and <laughs> go crazy about how great Tom Brady is. We've done it for 20 years, but it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and it's also probably because, you know, they have been kind of up and down this year, the Bucks. Like, it hasn't just been one smooth ride. And it's like, I think some of it, it's it's fallen to Brady or, or it's been because it's like, well, how is Brady figuring out Arians and how is Arians figuring out Brady? Even that's silly. Why, like, no one cares about Byron Leftwich or Bruce Arians. Like, you guys got Tom Brady for this specific reason. Why are you not adjusting to him? Right. But, but, but like they didn't do that. They just like made him play the system and he did like, that's, what's kind of amazing. You know, like he figured it out and there was some growing pains and like, he had to sort of like get adjusted to it. But now he's like the second half of the season, he's been one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. And this is after like, you know, it's, it's been five or six years that he has not been throwing downfield in this way, you know? So it's, I don't know. It's just incredible. 
Um, Has there been like a signature kind of game from this season for him? I don't know. I mean, I like, I feel like since they went seven, they were seven and five and things were looking kind of shaky and they've been really strong since, but yeah, I can't think of like, um, but down the stretch, he really played great. I'm just, if you look at his like season statistics, it's insanity. Yeah. I think I heard Rosillo talking about this too, but there there's like a little primetime bias with them. They haven't looked great in their primetime games. That's or their, true. Yeah. Their big games. And then the other games, they've been kind of good. So then you kind of start to feel like, well, every time I see the bucks, they're not that great, but they actually are pretty good. It's just that, you know, they yeah, played in all these primetime games and they haven't looked that great. Um, and they haven't been good against the Saints this year for whatever reason. But I think that's – Yeah, they, that they lost them twice by a lot. You know, yeah. to me that – that you know, I don't know that this is true, but, it, you know, beating a team three times I do think is hard. It is. Uh, I would yeah. almost put that in the Bucks' favor going into this game. That's true. Um, even though that seems silly, maybe that is silly. I don't, I don't know what the um, record actually is in that situation, like when a team is 2-0 and and then faces a team for the third time in the playoffs. That's like, true. Maybe they win 80% of the time. I don't know. Right. But, but it feels like a truism that it's hard to beat a team three times. <laughs> it should be hard, right? You think. It should be. You would think it would be hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or if you beat them twice already, maybe you're just... <laughs> Why can't you just keep them in? Keep beating them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I don't know. I guess the other thing is, do you think this was the swan, the farewell for the quarterback class of 2004? it's interesting because i did i did want to talk about those two uh i know we're saving the giants for a little bit later and we're trying to to zag a little bit and not open with the giants but i i I, can we save that actually because i want to talk about that okay Uh, actually you know i'll just say i mean i I, it's hard to tell but if you were one of those two do you want to play again next year I, yeah, I mean, like, the guy that to me is like, does Ben Roethlisberger want to play again next year? Yeah, I don't understand how. Like, you've won two Super I get where Phillip Rivers would be like, um, he's never won a Super Bowl. He's, you know, your whole life's been about this. How can I – still a pretty good team. But, I mean, you'd have to kind of be honest with yourself if you're Phillip Rivers. Like, you, this is a good team. You played pretty well, as well as you can. And, you you know, you're not even close, really. You know I Right. Mean, you gave a good Bills team – a good game but the bills probably aren't going to win the super bowl and you couldn't you know like you were a long way from winning the super bowl um if you're the colts and so he but i could see where he would come you know because he's just desperate to win a super bowl roethlisberger like what do you have to prove um you've been so banged up in your career yeah like do you really want to come back? And he was pretty, he looked like pretty emotional on the sidelines. I kind of sensed that he, he felt that this is it for him. Yeah. Did you see um, him sitting on the bench after, even after the game was over, just kind of staring into the abyss? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, also too, like he did all the kinds of things that athletes tend to do right when they're like not ready to necessarily admit that this is it, but they somehow know that it's it. Like he did that whole documentary in the preseason, didn't he? About his comeback and his preparation and his his wife was somehow in the mix, right? <laughs> which was interesting to see, given the allegations of Ben Roethlisberger. In yeah, the past. It's yeah. like, oh, you're his wife. Oh, is this, like, <laughs> you know, this is what this relationship is like. Right. That's a choice. That's yeah. a choice you made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I feel like then again, though, this is another way in which Brady defies things, right? Because he did that weird Facebook show where he kissed his son or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not even like, like I'm more just laughing at like why anyone cared. It's like the Obama tan suit. I guess it was a little weird, but I don't know. If I was a documentarian living in my apartment, there would probably be a few an exchange or two with my daughter that would be weird. I don't know. Right. Not like mouth kisses, but just like <laughs> he says that or right. does, like, you know. Right. But um, you know, the documentary, the just not I mean, he didn't have a good season either. He was terrible. Their offense he was, was bad. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's bad. I, I got I would be really surprised if he's playing next year. Yeah, I agree. Um Rivers might stay too. Also, you know, him and Frank Wright get along. Yeah. Like, you know, he probably stays. But good. Stay. Play as many years as you want and don't win a Super Bowl. And loser. don't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> and be known as the guy whose fourth quarter drives always came up short. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. You know, just, you know, Philip Rivers, obviously, because we're Giants fans, you know, it's always this thing about who was better, Eli or him. And we gave up a lot for the tr- in the trade. And it's like, I always say to people who want to tell me that Philip Rivers is better than Eli, like, so what? Right. <laughs> what did the Chargers get out of him being better than Eli that right. we didn't get? They made the playoffs the same amount of times, and we won two Super Bowls. So if, if Philip Rivers is 3% better than Eli by something that you've evaluated, like, so what? Who, yeah. Why do I care? Congrats. <laughs> what difference does it make? I love Eli. We won two Super Bowls. They won none. The Chargers got nothing for that supposed betterness like it made no difference to anything so who cares yeah and also they had like philip rivers had so much more talent around him for so many of those years especially early on yeah yeah he walked into an awesome team right and i just remember having to hear about how we lost out on sean merriman because of the eli trade like we did fine (laughs) we did fine and like nate kading or something okay i don't i don't remember (laughs) that really coming back to bite us in fact i think he missed like one of the most important kicks in Chargers history, if I recall. Um, you know, so it was fine. I mean, also, ultimately, if you're a Giants fan and you want to close your eyes and think of Eli, you have two Super Bowls to draw memories from and his Twitter account. All, right. all just across the board winners. If you're a Chargers fan, like the most significant, I'm, you know, a Chargers fan wouldn't say this, but I would just, I just, from my perspective nationally, you're like the the most the memories that of Philip Rivers that you have the most of are him coming on after the four o'clock game in locally has ended and the Chargers are making one last drive out west to end the day of football basically and it's Philip Rivers not winning that game right <laughs> or winning the game and then not winning the Super Bowl at the end of the right, year right right that's it's what just, you get just ultimately it, it doesn't matter to me yeah. He stinks. He sucks. <laughs> I know. He was so good in this and all. Blah, 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 He's great. Blah, blah. He right. stinks. It doesn't matter. It's worthless. He's right. worthless. <laughs> yeah. And now he plays for the Colts. Right. He doesn't matter. Right. Irrelevant. Philip Rivers and his 25 kids. Or, right. You know. <laughs> and he doesn't curse. Good for you. Right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> also, he doesn't. I do. He doesn't curse, but he sure seems like an asshole. Every time right. I see him on TV, he's barking at somebody, he's yeah. screaming at people. And, right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think if you're like on the Colts sideline and he's screaming at you, you're like, well, he didn't curse at me, so right. That right. felt better. Whatever. At that point, out of anything. I don't like him. Nobody likes him. All right, Brian. 
You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, Giants Among Men. Thanks for listening. Your support keeps us going. So, Brian, uh, I I will say nothing about the Knicks since Friday has been comforting, other than just general familiarity. I know this feeling. <laughs> I'm comfortable with this feeling. Uh, I, and I don't like it, but I, I know it. Yeah, I know it all too well. I, don't, I, I will say I don't know this feeling. Like, they haven't given me this kind of hope in a while, and then – taking it back quite so quickly i was pretty i'm i don't know i'm trying to talk myself off the ledge i was pretty angry watching that hornets game last night (laughs) (laughs) and i was it was definitely starting where you're like i i don't know that i can forgive them for that five and three start that feeling of like maybe we're like good you know there was that second where you were like you know we talked maybe it was two weeks ago about like could they be 500 and you were like you thought that was insane and I didn't, I didn't think you were crazy, but I was asking if I was crazy to think 500. And then they got to 5-3. and three. They're playing the Thunder to go to 6-3. and three. You know, I had that brief, what if they're, like, pretty good? And, to, you know, you would have, when the season started, 5-6, and six, you would, we would be singing their praises. We'd be like, whoa, well, this is great. But to have it the way it did with three straight losses, three bad losses, the offense has just ground to a halt. Um, they looked just terrible. <laughs> they couldn't look worse. <laughs> Everything good, you know, like the only thing that is still good, Julius Randle's still playing well, but you know, you're seeing the limits of him, but he's still, he looks, he's improved. He's playing well. Great. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson still playing well, but RJ's really struggling quickly as I mean, <laughs> come back to earth is too kind to what's right. happened there. Right. It never quite left earth, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, boy, Landed with a thud. Um, and, you know, I, I really thought that we, the two centers, that we had now 48 minutes of good center play, but Nerland's Noel really yeah, yeah, not, been. <laughs> not giving you much at all. <laughs> um, you know, Knox is making his threes, but that's all he's doing. You know, so it's hard to get, I don't know how excited to get him. You know, he's shooting good from three, but like he is literally not doing anything else. Um Peyton is who he is, you know. So <sighs> let's take this. All right. Let's first of all, where are you in terms of, like, do you think that the the five and three start was a total aberration? Or do you think that we're going to, like, do you think we're going to stay terrible the rest of the year? Or do you think we're going to be kind of like how we've been through these first 10 games, up and down? There are going to be nights where you're like, man, if it's all clicking, this is what it could look like. And or do we still have those to look forward to? I hope so. I mean, I still believe a little bit. I, You know, I think we're going to get – I, I want to get Burks back. I'd like to get Obi yeah. Toppin back so that, you know, Randall could get a little bit of a rest. I, the only thing that I, I took any comfort from at the end of the Hornets game was R.J. Barrett finally started going to the basket a little bit at the end of the game and had a few nice finishes. And maybe, like, that's what he needs to do. You know, like, while your three-pointer's not going, like, don't keep firing them. Right. Why is that? Why do they <laughs> oh. keep doing that? You know, because they don't have a lot of shooting. And I think it's like they're asking him to just take up, pick up that slack. But it's like he can't do it. So... It's just not there right now. Um, but he's not finishing either, which is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I still believe in him. I still think he's going to become 
the player that we've seen a couple times this year. But you know, if, if for the people who are really worried and think he's not, I, I I'm not. I don't think they're crazy. I think there's some really really worrying signs. Um, I still see it, and I'm hopeful for it. But um, so I, to answer your question, like I don't know. Like I wouldn't shock me. They have ten games left this month. I wouldn't shock me if they lost them all. Um, but I would I would love to see them. You know, maybe they look good in the next game. They're playing Brooklyn. Um, that's a big game for them. If they could get back to like, you know, win two, lose three, that'd be great. That'd be fine. Um, I so, can, I can be talked off. Like I can go back from. There was that moment where we allowed ourselves to be like six and three. What if we get to seven and three? Like, oh my god, I don't need that. But it would be really disheartening to now like lose eight in a row. This tank, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I want to get back to RJ for just a second, and let's kind of revisit last week. So last week, because I, I really feel like you almost – you turned me on RJ just as RJ took a nosedive. Right. Because I, I, asked, I asked last week, what does RJ do well? And you and Matt initially had a tough time answering the question. You couldn't, like, name a thing that he did well. Like a, a specific element of basketball that he was good at. But after a stretch, I think ultimately what you landed on made a lot of sense to me and actually really changed the way that I watched RJ uh, through this stretch. But just that, look, he's big and he's strong and he can kind of get wherever he wants. And I think that that is the foundation of RJ. And you called him, he's a rock. He's solid. And I now, like, since watching him like that, I've understood it a lot better. Like, depending on the lineup that we have out there, he can take almost – he can take the defender that's on him and he can go down and post him up and get pretty good position even if the guy is, you know, close in size to him. And he can get away from the rim and he can take the ball and then he can drive on a guy. So he is very, like, kind of flexible and versatile in that way. And I've sort of started to appreciate that from him. The problem is, though, is that's great. He can get – wherever he wants but then once he gets there it doesn't really seem like he can do anything uh i mean obviously he he can't put it the the one problem with rj barry is he can handle the ball he can defend he can pass he can't get the ball to go in the basket is the one (laughs) problem so he, he gets where he's in very good position to get the ball into the hoop part but he doesn't get the ball to actually go through the part part where they give you the points but everything else scott i'm telling you everything other than that is really looking good up to the point where the ball clangs off the rim or maybe doesn't even hit it at all and just goes out of bounds bounces off the backboard and then out of bounds that all that stuff's not so good but you got to admit, everything before that is really, it's really looking good. Doesn't, is he a good passer? <laughs> he, yes, he is. He absolutely is a good passer. He's averaging like four assists a game, and he can break people down and get and drive and kick, and I do think he can do that. And, and I think he he had but, a couple of good assists every, a few good assists every game. But if he could drive and kick, because I was kind of asking you guys that last week too, like why, 
why is the offense not going through him more than and giving Randall a break? Like sometimes when those lineups they have out there where Randall sits and RJ is the only starter that stays out there, why aren't we relying more on RJ to run the offense, handle the ball, drive and get to the hoop and get fouled or kick it out? I don't know. I agree. I think they should be doing that. I think he should be the primary ball handler a lot more so that he's not like a lot of times we have him standing in the corner waiting to receive a pass from Alfred Payton and he can't hit the shot. So it's like, right. And we know that, that before, before we even pass, like, we know he's not going to hit the shot. Yeah. I mean, I feel like oh, we, there was some similar problems with Obi Toppin when he, when he was playing where he was sitting in, you know, he was fine. There were a couple of games where he just fired up threes <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he's not a good three point shooter. Right. He can make them like a couple times, but they're not, they don't look good. He doesn't even look, his shot doesn't look as good as RJ's, you know? So like, no, I can't remember which game it was, but I know exactly what you're talking about where he definitely had the flavor of like, like the, like me, basically like the worst player on the high school basketball team who gets put into the game. And then just wherever <laughs> on the floor, he catches it. He just shoots shot. Yeah. You know? Like, because he's only in there to get a basket so that everybody can feel good anyway. Like that was sort of how he was <laughs> approaching it. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to use like a Knox or a Bullock in that way. Also, I hate Bullock. I hate that his name is Bullock and not Bullock. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's one thing to use a guy like that that way. But it, uh, yeah, I think RJ's doing too much of that where he's the receiver of the drive and the kick instead of the initiator. I, I do think he should be initiating the offense a lot more. Um, and I'd like to see that he can get to the basket. And then when he gets there, he's big. Like he hasn't been finishing the last few games. But I do, you know, again, I don't know. There's a lot of things I'm saying he hasn't been doing that I do believe he will be able to do. And, you know, that sounds silly. But, like, you know, finishing at the rim, like, he's a big, strong guy. When If you can get, the, I don't know, like, you just gain more comfort, like, understanding how defenders are coming at you. Like, I just do think he's going to put that together. I don't know. I mean, that was, like, what Thibodeau was saying about him the other night. I don't know if you saw. He, he yeah. basically saying what I'm saying about the guy. Um Breen keeps talking about it. He's like, he's improved in so many areas. He's just really struggling with his shot, you know, <laughs> and it's true, but it, you know, there's only, we can't go much longer saying that. Yeah. Well, I think too, I don't even really care if he shoots well. I mean, I care, obviously it'd be a huge upgrade if he was able to shoot. well. Yeah. Yeah. But just like, if he's not shooting, I don't understand why we're not using him more in the flow of the off like why is he ever standing around the three-point line he doesn't hit those shots you know but the problem is he doesn't hit any of them so no one ever tries to run him off the line so he can't drive at anybody and no one else that's around him can shoot so it's not just his defender that stays in the paint it's everyone's defender Yeah, no and i think him not having shooters around him is hurting him too like yeah um that's why i am looking forward to you know it's weird alec burks when he was signed it was like i didn't even think anything of it and now i'm like all I keep saying is like, wait till Burks gets back. Like, <laughs> wait, Alec Burks, franchise savior. But we desperately need another shooter scorer, guy who can take a little pressure off RJ when he's not having a good night. Because we have seen when RJ plays well, the Knicks look really good. I mean, they do look so much better when he's good. Um, so if you could have somebody who could just take a little of the, the burden off him, you know, and and Randall, same thing. So I think Burks it becomes huge. I think Toppin could could play some of that role. So I'm hopeful those guys get back, and then we'll see. You know, if they could just hang around 500, that would be great. Um, but you look, it's still very much on the table. This season goes into tank mode, and we start looking at the draft, and 
you know, we go, okay, well, we've got Mitch and we've got RJ and he's okay. And we start, it's about identifying God. You know, I mean, we that, that might happen. <laughs> we might be only two to three weeks away from that, if that. Yeah. Well, I think also, too, probably, uh, you know, for as high as everybody's been on Randall, and I think the ready embrace of Randall, I think people are going to start to become a lot more comfortable trading or with yeah. us trading him now that it's like, you know, if, if Randall. goes that way. Right. Yeah. Um, which, again, I, I, I does there something weird? Am I just can I am I just really still having such a hard time getting over last year? Does and this is a stupid question. I'm I'm a little hesitant to even ask it. Ask it. Does Randall's body language bother you? Does he, do his interactions with the referees like bother you at all? I, I I guess it's like his weaknesses are like he's very good, but his weaknesses are ugly. You know, like yeah, when he turns it over, it's like what happened (laughs) you know what i mean his turnovers are like he barrels into four guys and you're like dude (laughs) and they're justified because it's like they're usually down 12 and god knows he's trying to just make something happen but it's still just like what was that um and yeah i know what you mean he's like there's something uh there's a low energy sort of vibe um detached he, I, you know, I, he doesn't. I don't think get the sense he really inspires the people around him. You know, <laughs> right? But apparently he does. Like the guys yeah. like him. He's a good teammate. It seems like he works really hard. Yeah. So that ten, you know, you respect a guy who's like really cares and is trying. But I know what you mean. Like, you know, I mean, it's not that dissimilar. You know, Patrick Ewing got accused of that sometimes. You know, where he like That's his on court demeanor wasn't like. Um. And there's a little bit of there's a little bit of, he's not near nowhere near as good a player, but like there's some of those flaws. Um, so I I don't know I get where you're it's a struggle to embrace the guy fully because it's just like I don't know what what, what is this guy going to be here three more weeks or is he going to be here for five years I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Where are you on quickly? Are you done? Is the <laughs> is the dream dead? <laughs> I'm not done on quickly. I mean, I know that a week ago on this podcast, our our dear friend Matthew declared him. Well, I believe the exchange went, I think quickly's better than RJ, and I think that's a good thing. Was right. how already Matt better. Already better, yes. too. Was better and a superstar, a potential superstar. Right. Best point guard in the league, I think, was something right. that was said. Right. I, I think all those things are not true. Yeah. I think a week later, we've seen... Probably not. Probably not already better than RJ, and that's a good thing. And probably already not better than RJ. If he was, that's a terrible thing. And not. Well, if he was, that'd be. It, it depends. Like, if he was better than RJ, that'd be a great thing. If he's better than who we think RJ is capable of, of being. If he's, as we've seen, if the Emmanuel quickly that we have seen so far is better than RJ Barrett already. That would be that would be a disaster. Right, right. <laughs> and if Emmanuel quickly even ends up better than current RJ. And That's current what I mean. like but yeah. no, if he was better than current RJ, then he's very good. Quickly like quickly hasn't actually even had a good game. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I don't think he scored more than 15 points in an NBA game, right? 
No. And did we record that episode before or after he closed out the fourth quarter against, uh, I can't remember who now. Right. He had, he had a big fourth quarter closeout. Yeah. Yeah. Tips kept him in the game. We won the game. Was But did we, did, or it was I it? I think so. It was after that. It yeah. was after that. Okay. Okay. Well, because I know then too, even after we recorded last week, we were in a group text and you said to me, what is it does rj do what does rj barrett do well everything yeah he, he yeah had, he was like, great, great that game. game yeah yeah, yeah. Right. but yeah no i think we were it was good that we recorded all three of us last week and we got matthew on before <laughs> before the ship sank you're right i think it was after that quickly had his big moment we recorded and we said how great they were yeah and they both were great they shine the next it was like yeah, I felt so great about everything we had talked about. We were now we're right. This is happening, and then like that's just amazing. How it's just how bad they were in the the, the last two games, yeah. where just the the offense is just not there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, teams are just like go ahead and shoot. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, I I do think RJ is the key to to this season being a drag or potentially fun, and quickly too is important. I mean, I'm worried he's like Tony Douglas or something. I I don't see it with quickly. Like, if he's gonna nail his threes, it's a different story. Yeah. But I don't really see the ball handling and a guy who can attack the rim or break guys off the dribble, um, orchestrate the offense. Like to me, what was interesting about him was he was playing with such a confidence and yeah. brought such an energy. And I remember I described it as we've talked off off the show, like he seemingly had an irrational confidence. And I feel like the last couple of games, it's like you're watching a guy almost discover to himself, like, oh, God, <laughs> these guys are all really good. Right. Like every, everybody in this league is amazing. <laughs> and, it, and he seems to be suffering a crisis of confidence of like, oh, no, <laughs> do I? I might stink. Yeah. <laughs> Well, somehow too, it's just like he's lost an extra gear or something. Like yeah, he, he's pull, he's like turning down open shots. Like yeah, it's alarming almost. It is. He doesn't look the same at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's had very little impact, and we need him because Alfred Payton has had some good games and like some good games, but he can't shoot. He's not going to improve. And so quickly could be huge. Um, yeah. So as of right now, you think that it's possible that we didn't need to make seven trades just to get Emmanuel quickly, that we probably could have gotten <laughs> wherever. I feel like, do you remember in, that, in the original Batman movie with Michael Keaton when he's on his way up to, to the Joker and it's almost like a video game, like on every floor of that old church, he has to deal with another kind of villain to get up to the Joker who's got yeah, yeah. up there. And on one of the floors, there's some guy who's at like the, the other end of a long floor and he takes out a couple swords and he does like this whole, like, yeah, like does all these flips and all these cool sword moves. And like, he's somersaulting his way to Batman down this long hallway. And then like, right as he gets up to Batman, all Batman does is just boom, one punch. And that guy's just like, <laughs> like out, you know? And I sort of feel like, that was acquiring Emmanuel quickly. Like, right. <laughs> we trade for Zingas, get the Dallas picks, trade that, get do this, right, do this. Right. Get it. And who did we get for all that? Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel Boom. quickly. 
who we could have gotten in the uh, as an undrafted free agent, most likely, <laughs> if we liked them so much. <laughs> I don't know. I'm giving the Knicks the end of January, the whole month of January, but I'm very concerned that you were right. You've been right all along, and that <laughs> we're going to end this month. And I'm going to say to you, I'm sorry that I even made you go on this emotional <laughs> roller coaster with me, and this was a really silly thing to do and they're not any good and all i'm thinking about is looking at all these players that we have that we shouldn't have like knox we have kevin knox well we could have had mikhail bridges who everybody said we should draft and he's great right. we got obi toppin and he stinks and we could have had uh halliburton who everybody said we should take and he's awesome yeah <laughs> And, uh, you know, just, and what are we doing? This team is garbage. And <laughs> Monday is Martin Luther King Day. And as you recall, in our preseason, like our little preview of the Knicks, I, I declared Martin Luther King Day would be the time by which we had a sense of, of who this team was. So there's a big week coming up. We got Brooklyn right, tomorrow night. Yeah, we feel like we've got a reeling Brooklyn team who's fought, who has the same record as we do. Right. They're too busy and trying to find Kyrie Irving. They have no idea where he is. Those two clowns, man. Did it did they did it work out as well as it could have for them though? Like you would say that, oh, what do you mean? It, the best thing would be if they were like 11 and 1. No. This is exactly what they this is why they're in Brooklyn. So that if this happened, nobody would care. Right. And nobody really cares. Kyrie is who knows where he is. Imagine if Kyrie they, the Knicks signed these two and this was happening. Like, it would be the biggest story oh. in all of sports. All of sports. And I'm not saying that in a, like, whiny, like, well, the Knicks, they treat the Knicks unfair. It's just because <laughs> nobody likes the Nets, so nobody cares, so it's not a big deal. But right. if it was the Knicks, it would be unbelievable how big a deal. Kyrie Irving's just, no one knows why. He's just like, uh, <laughs> Personal reasons. I don't know. What do you, do you, like, are you, like, <laughs> I try to be, like, athletes i don't come i don't i hate like when people are like if i did this at my job it's like you suck at your job right, right? nobody needs you at your, if you didn't show up they would barely notice okay yeah so don't compare it to your job but it's like <laughs> you could just call the coach and explain what's happening and so that he doesn't sound like a total fool and you could have some kind of rationale for why you're missing games in which you're being paid like exorbitant amount of money. Like that doesn't strike me as insane to demand that. Right. I totally agree with you. And I, again, I do try to be really understanding of players, very pro player and all that. I, I, we were talking about it earlier on text. Like, I think that there are some guys who behave irrationally or even terribly. Like for example, Antonio Brown, I think that there is no arguing that Antonio Brown is an emotionally disturbed individual. Like right. he is suffering from some sort of like deep emotional pain and a disability. Like he's right. not just like that. I, I could be totally wrong about this. I'm certainly not a mental health professional or anything like that. Kyrie Irving does not strike me as fitting into that category. To me, he feels like he's just a dick. Right. He like, just thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Yeah. And just the, better than everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be that good at anything. You know, like, look, the gods have blessed your body and just uh, in a way that I can't comprehend, you know, like, I don't know what it feels like to be as good at, at basketball, at anything as he is at basketball. But like, 
he's just a strange dude and in such a just obnoxious way um and yeah you know i mean look this is a guy who said what something like i don't talk to peasants or (laughs) i don't think that was exactly what he said but something to that degree and it's just like screw you man like just show up and play the game or don't and explain what's happening just disappear right and it's also too i i do think you know you get into all these things about you know, what is it with the players. I, I like. I understand. I think it's totally weird and unnecessary that they have to get interviewed in their underpants and or naked. Right. Like I think we could just wait till they're dressed and they'll come out and then we'll talk right. talk to them <laughs> afterwards. And I think that they have some really reasonable gripes about some of their interactions with the media. But then they also have to understand is the only reason you're so highly paid to do this job is because millions of people care about you doing this job. And part of people caring about it and knowing about it is you talking to these guys whether you want to do it or not yeah no and and also like if you don't like like this is the worst thing you could do if you don't really love this media drama (laughs) right right? this is the worst way angle you could take and yeah i get every game you don't feel like talking to the media but like it's also like i've kind of lost my sympathy for that like to me it's like that is such a not a big deal anymore like yeah the media one they they show you guys so much deference. Like they ask yeah. you nothing but softballs. All you have to do is spend 10. I'm sure it's boring. And maybe, and like you, why don't you, you have enough power every time you, maybe there's a time you don't feel like doing it. Tell your coach, hey, I really don't feel like it. And yeah. he'll be like, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Otherwise, most nights you go out there for five minutes. Hey, Kevin, what do you think happened? Uh, well, you know, we just we didn't hit the shots tonight. And, and then you're gone. And your life is a candy land. It's just not that big a deal. And I just like won't listen to it be like <laughs> described that way any longer. You know, like big deal. Definitely. And I also, I mean, I think that I try to be objective about some of these situations. For example, I thought it was totally unnecessary for Tiger Woods to apologize to you, me, and the rest of America when he cheated <laughs> on his wife. I feel like he just needs to apologize to his wife. I really don't see what that had to do right. with me. You didn't do anything wrong to me. I'm fine. <laughs> right. Our relationship works perfectly, actually. <laughs> right. You just keep winning golf tournaments, and I'll watch it, and that's great. Yeah, and, and I don't really want to know about any of the rest of it. Right. But – then there's other things where – and we used to say this about uh, Jeremy Shockey with the Giants when he would complain about Tom Coughlin. Like, tough. Not everybody likes their boss, including you, Jeremy Shockey. Yeah. And like, you know, oh, Kyrie, there's a part of your job that isn't your favorite. Welcome to everyone else ever. Right, right. And you it's know? not that bad. Like, it's just right. not that big a deal. Yeah. Right. I don't know. So screw them. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's beat them. Uh, all right. I got to do an ad real quick. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it happened, or as it has been, so many, as it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. RFB is a 501 parentheses C3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Brian, I have bad news. <laughs> For the rest of anyone who's, who's optimistic about 2021, I mean... <laughs> 
it's off to a great start. <laughs> like we say all the time, it could always get worse. Oh, it could always get worse. Yeah. <laughs> but but let's focus a little bit on the Giants because Dave Gettleman, Daniel Jones, and Jason Garrett are very likely all, all going to be back in our lives next year. And it was a yeah. silly slow burn. I thought, all right, as long as two out of three are gone, I can sleep at night. Then it was becoming more clear that it, at that most we would get rid of one of them. Fine. At least just get rid of one. Just give me just give me one. Just give me one. No, yeah. zero. They will give me nothing. I'm going to say this. I think keeping Garrett is the most indefensible, though I also don't think there's a defense for keeping Gettleman, but I think you can convince me of why it's not the worst thing in the world. I still think the Giants are like in an okay position roster-wise where at least we know what we need, and I think – they can add pieces to be a better team next year. But I don't know that they can be with Jason Garrett <laughs> calling the plays. And I will say, though, the thing with the Garrett thing is everybody with the Giants, it's been like Joe Judge, Joey Judge. Everybody likes Joey Judge. And he's getting all the kudos. Joe Judge owns this now. This, You know, we, we gave him a pass because the Giants maybe pressured him to get this guy. That's a good point. He's seen him for a whole year. This is his guy. This is the offense he wants to run. So Joe Judge to me is now a coach of a six and ten team, who has personally selected Jason Garrett to guide his offense in his second season. That'll be one of the more critical years of his tenure. And you know, are you sure that keeping Jason Garrett is Joe Judge's decision? Yes, I would be shocked if it's not. So I I just want to put out there that I I was I thought it was interesting that I read that that Giants brass not Judge or they didn't specify Judge I can't remember who was specified it was definitely Gettleman and I think maybe Mara but Judge's name was conspicuously absent that the Giants were nervous that Garrett was going to get hired uh, for the Chargers head coaching job. But Judge's name was absent from that. And I'm wondering if it's still this absurd issue that it's just the Giants that want Jason Garrett around. I don't think so. I think the Giants now means Judge. I think the Giants love Judge. I think they love Judge too, but are they making him keep Garrett still? I don't think so. Why would they? Like if he said, I want a new coordinator, I think they'd go get him a new coordinator. I think that's his call. I don't know. is... Is it one of those things where they're like, Joey. We love you. We just, we love you, pal. What now, are they going to do, fire him? You're going to keep that Jason around, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, I There's no way. That, I just don't know how else to explain <laughs> it, though. Like, what is he doing there? All right, I did a little Jason Garrett research. Because you're right, it's indefensible. No, let's finish your point. Because I, I think it's important. I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm just... Probably just having an emotional reaction right now, and I just don't want. I don't. I like Judge, and this Garrett thing. I just can't wrap my head around it. Why is he there? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And I, I like, I like Judge. I was, I, I get, I was swayed by him in many ways. I just do want to point out to everybody that the Giants won six games, and. Looked terrible in lots of them. Terrible. And their offense was a real problem. And Joe Judge doesn't think so. He doesn't think there's any need to change anything. You think and, that, though? You think uh, Joe Judge doesn't think 
does he think that he has to do something about it? Even after all the Mark Colombo drama, like you don't think Joe Judge wants to get rid of Jason Garrett? No, he's not getting. He could if he wanted to. He would be gone. See, that's the thing. I'm not positive. I believe he could do it if he if he wanted to. Come on, he could. He could fire anybody. He fired a, the offensive line coach in the middle of the season. I think the reason Gettleman's coming back has a ton to do with Judge. Also, I think if Judge didn't want Gettleman back, he wouldn't be back. He sang his praises. Yeah, I think it's that's a huge fair. part of why he's coming back. They worked well together. Let's not mess that up. Joe likes him. That's he fair. can. He'll get Joe who players he likes, and they. You know that. I think it's a huge part of it because it's certainly not based on any results. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay, so let's – you're right. But let's backtrack that a little bit and let's ask ourselves, like, is there anything that your wife thinks that you like that you don't actually like? You don't have to specify what it is. There was a time in my life where my wife was under the false impression that I thought Chelsea Handler was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's the best example. <laughs> Which I was not true. But <laughs> but that was something she believed to be true for That's a while. That's a tremendous example, by the way. That <laughs> could not have been better. Well, right. So why did you lead your wife to believe that you liked Chelsea Handler? You thought she was funny. What was right. she going to do? Divorce you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think Jason Garrett is Joe Judge's Chelsea Handler. <laughs> in the Joe Judge John Mara marriage, Jason Garrett is Chelsea Handler. <laughs> what you gonna do? Divorce you? Right, but this is his career is at stake. The stakes are higher, right? Like I just didn't want a like uncomfortable evening where I'm like, I don't know, I don't think she's that funny. <laughs> what? You know? <laughs> right, but his career is at stake. You know, maybe they will fire him and hire Jason Garrett, elevate him to head coach. Right. But I, I just like to me, but his career is, is on the line as far as like getting this right, having the right guy in there. Like he can't go down with Jason Garrett if he really believes that his offense can't succeed with that guy calling the plays. Right. I mean, maybe he thinks that they 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 locked up Patrick Graham for another year. You know, they get a weapon on the offense. They don't look quite as bad next year offensively because they have some upgrades in talent. They get Saquon back and then he can like set Garrett up for a head coaching job, perhaps after that, and then gets him out of there. Like, I think the giants organization feels responsible for getting Jason Garrett, a new head coaching job. I think that's how John Mara feels. And I think that, that why why would they feel that way what do they owe jason garrett don't ask me why <laughs> like why did they feel like they needed to hire him in the first place yeah, why do yeah. they why did they, why does anyone in this world keep trying to tell me that jason garrett was a giants player no he was not i know yeah. he was technically uh, he wasn't a giant I just don't think Judge – I think Judge has to – you have to – he has to own it this year. And it's as much on him to have a better offense this year as it is anyone else. And you can't just say, oh, Jason Garrett, you know, this is, you're the head coach. This is your assistant coach. This is the offense you want to run. It's the product you're putting on the field. I, I don't think he can if, – if Jason Garrett is calling the plays in week one for the New York Giants – 
then Joe Judge has committed himself to Jason Garrett. He has now gone beyond, and now he actually likes Chelsea Handler. Now he's at one of her shows. (laughs) I think you're not... I think what you're saying is fair. It's a fair perspective, and I'm going to remember it because it's... I'm not just dismissing it out of hand. It's very possible you're 100% right. But I think that you know, as well as anyone, that John Mayer is not going anywhere. So you can't direct your anger at him. And so you're just like, fine, judge. Someone has to be accountable for this Jason Garrett monstrosity. And if it's not going to be Mara, it's got to be you. Right. I mean, maybe, look, maybe he just doesn't want to rock the boat. Like, that's possible. Um, I don't know what that says about him then either, right? I mean, that's not like the most impressive quality if he's just doesn't want to have a confrontation with John Mara. I mean, it is his ultimate boss, so I, I get it from a guess. Maybe he has, though. Maybe he's been like, we got to get rid of Jason, and John Mara's been like, no, please. I don't say, there's no way he would do that. Why would he do that? He thinks this guy's the next Bill Belichick, and he's going to say to him, why did we hire him in the first place? And have because this... we need an offensive coordinator, and he's an experienced one. And Joe Judge didn't maybe doesn't have a total offensive philosophy, and he felt like okay, I can work with that. I guess, but then when they hired him, why did we get all this song and dance about about uh, you know he used to be a giant, and before Joe Judge was even a name that anyone was associating with the Giants, there was rumors that Jason Garrett was coming here. So I think no, clear... they definitely liked him. They don't doubt, no doubt. The reason he's here is because of the Giants organization putting that in Joe Judge's ear. I'm just saying at this point, I don't think you can say that anymore. Yeah. I think Joe Judge is the most powerful guy in the Giants organization right now. Like, no doubt about it. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah. I, I Again, I think what you're saying is is fair. And it's probably right. I just don't trust. I don't trust until I know more about the Jason Garrett. Why is he here? How did he get here? <laughs> until I know it all. I don't know that I want to totally put it on judge. But I think you're probably right. With that said, we're going to end the radio show right now, everybody. Thanks for listening. Check us out on social. Uh, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. So long. Bonus time, Brian. <laughs> All right, I want to tell you a couple things about Jason Garrett because I did take the time to look this up, and it's not anything that's going to blow your mind, but it's just like, how on earth is it is it this bad? Okay, so the Giants were 26th in the league in offensive DVOA. There were six teams that had a worse offensive DVOA than we did. They were Jacksonville, who had Garter Minshew at quarterback for eight starts, and then the rest of their games was like a mishmash of other guys. Philly, who had Carson Wentz for 12 starts, and then, you know, whatever happened with them. Cincinnati had Joe Burrow for 10 starts. Denver, who had Drew Locke for 13 starts, and all their quarterbacks got COVID or something weird happened where they didn't even start a quarterback at quarterback for one game. The Jets had Darnold for 12 starts, and Washington had uh, Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins for six starts each. We had 14 starts for Daniel Jones. So of that bottom group, we had the most consistent quarterback play from Daniel Jones, and we were just as bad as they were terrible, okay? Now, 
the common defense of the Giants offense is we lost Saquon early and we need playmakers. All right, let's look at Carolina, who granted they finished five and eleven, but they lost Christian McCaffrey after three games. They have Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, and who else is on that team? Who else plays on that offense? Right, I, I couldn't even name a guy. <laughs> yeah, I can name one guy, Curtis Samuel, because he's from Brooklyn and he played at Ohio State. But that's right. it. And he's not even their best receiver, though. Like, he's really not. So, other than that, who they have. And they were 17th in DVOA, so they were a full nine spots better than us, statistically, on offense. Uh, and they also lost their star, like, high draft pick running back. And otherwise had a pretty ho-hum roster of offensive players. So, I just, it's... It's not like I've changed your mind with those numbers. I've just confirmed, but it's just like, what are like anyone who's got anything positive, positive feeling about Jason Garrett? Like, what is that? What is the argument? What does he do? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Especially, I mean, Daniel Jones, it's like getting him to play well is the only thing that matters for the franchise. And this guy didn't do it at all. Right. He made him (laughs) actively worse. Much worse. Yeah. Um, the only thing he did was turn it over a little bit less, but even that's like he still turned it over a lot. So right. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'll give you the. I'll say the only cause for optimism with the Giants is like I do feel like um I know what the Giants need. I feel like they do need a couple. They need a wide receiver. Like they need some playmakers on offense, and then I think we could be an okay team. Though I think. What's annoying is the Giants said that over and over, and it it, it, it kind of in a way that overstated like what they do have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, we know we need a couple of playmakers. It's like, no, you need a lot of stuff. <laughs> right, you have you're a long way from real relevance. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, a long way, and that brings us to Gettleman, where my my thinking this weekend when I was watching the playoffs is, like. How are Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs? And, you know, we could say, oh, well, you know, Gettleman kind of got hired with this mandate to build around Eli and not move forward with a new quarterback and blah, 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 blah. Well, he failed. He did that horrendously. And we've talked about it. <laughs> we've talked about it. But I mean, like, you know, look, anyone who watched football this weekend, you saw Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger are not even close to the player that they were. And yet yeah, still, yeah. there they are in right. the playoffs because they're on good teams. So I, it's not all Eli's fault that the yeah. that the original plan under which Gettleman was hired didn't pan out. It wasn't. You can't put that all on Eli. Give him some good players. Yeah, no, it's true. Right. The team stunk. Like, who did, you know, um, you know, there was one year where Eli had really fallen off and we did have, like, we had Odell, we had Barkley, like Saquon's rookie year where we – I thought we were going to be pretty good that year. Um, and we weren't. But, you know, all the offensive linemen we had brought in f- flopped that year. So, you know, you've put that all on Eli. I don't know. You know, it doesn't seem fair to me. Um, right. And I think Odell got hurt a lot that year. I can't really remember. But, <clears throat> no, I think you're totally right. You're right. Like, Rivers and Roethlisberger are not the same as they were in 2010. And yet their teams are not complete failures. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought the Giants, I mean, that was just a really, I was saying I would have been so disheartened by the entire 
disgrace that was the Giants' season-ending post uh, press conference, except it happened on the same day that an armed insurrection took place <laughs> in the nation's capital. <laughs> so I kind of forgot about it. But they were they were embarrassing and clueless and in denial about what what has been happening, and they couldn't have it couldn't have been worse. <laughs> Still, too, I mean. So, so the first rebuild didn't count because they wanted him to win with Eli, which they also said is ridiculous, but it's also the reason that he's not accountable for the, <laughs> right. for the first two years of it. So then he gets another two years, stinks at that. Now we're going <laughs> to now we're gonna roll it back again. And right. I, I don't know, maybe in two years it'll be like, well, I had my fingers crossed and my brother farted, and so we're right. just going to keep Gettleman around. Like, okay, whatever right. your excuses are. Yeah, I don't know. They just like his Boston accent, I guess. Yeah, that's all it is. They just like him, Scott. They like Dave Gettleman. They do. That's <laughs> it's just 90% of the Giants' press decision-making. Right, I feel like if you, if you ask John Merrill, what did he, I like him. I like him. I like Dave a lot. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. I don't know. So speaking of the insurrection... You know, we like to play a little game on this show sometimes where, because we're recording it much earlier in the week, we try and guess what's going to happen later in the week. And, and, you know, sometimes it's happened multiple times this year where we make a guess and it sounds ridiculous as we're talking about it. And then the week plays out and the week plays out far crazier than we described it. Now, we didn't play this game last week but i don't know that there ever would have been a situation where i would have guessed insurrection no i wouldn't have guessed that i wouldn't have guessed an angry trump mob would bludgeon a police officer to death death with a fire extinguisher and then beat his dead body with an american flag that i didn't see that coming um they bludgeoned him to death with a fire extinguisher like i feel like because there's no video of it, people like yeah. aren't really putting that in their mind of For how sure. violent and brutal a death that is. Like, that's insanity. No, that's absolutely. Craziness. It's crazy what happened. I mean, every bit of it was alarming. Everything that you were able to see was alarming. So I don't know why people wouldn't put that together. I mean, I was just, I was, I could not, even just the, the casualness of when they first got in and. It, like initially on TV, it really just kind of looked like you were seeing tourists in the in the Capitol building. Like the first TV shots of it that I saw from actually inside the Capitol were people just kind of walking around with their camera phone, like their phones, just like like they were taking shots and they were kind yeah, of walking yeah. through. And even that was just alarming because it's like, man, they're the just best. like free range. When they were staying in between the ropes. Yeah. The- right. <laughs> Like they broke glass to get in, and then well, we don't don't go outside the ropes. Stay, not, it's staying here. <laughs> we're not savages, <laughs> right? <laughs> but even that was just like it was so it was like they're oh my god they're in they're like unsupervised. Oh, what are they yeah. doing? But then the more videos that come out, I mean, God, even even in in in, in clips where no one is dying, it's just like the chaos and the screaming yeah. and the noise and. It was both totally stunning and you were like, of course, like, of course, this is happening. Like, you know, the thing is, if you were to take seriously what Republican, what Trump and many Republican leaders have been saying, it's that the election was stolen with unbelievable fraud. Like, just 
millions millions of stolen ballots illegal ballots in multiple states across the country to just rob you of the election like if you believe that they're they i can't even blame them for being there that is that would be justified at that point like the republican position is so absurd because it's like the election was stolen in the most sophisticated fraud of all time but everybody let's not we're not going to do anything about it right other than complain and like no like if you really believed that then yeah you probably have to storm the capital because our country like doesn't exist anymore and that's the craziest thing is because the people obviously did believe it because a lot of them weren't even really there for the democrats like they would have been fine to just like get their favorite yeah. democrats but they were head chanting hang mike pence pence. <laughs> pence he sent a mob in the capital to murder his vice president <laughs> I mean, and Pence, like, still talks to the guy. It's just unbelievable. And make no mistake, they were there to hang him. Someone set up a gallows. Right. How right. Did, first they... of all, how did that get set up? I don't know. Imagine <laughs> if we woke up the next morning after Mike Pence had been hanged. On outside. television! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable to think about. Yeah. What the world what does the world look like? Like what happens after that? You know, like Well, I can tell you what happens after that. Immediate healing. It's right. just immediately we need to move right. past it. We need to bring Chuck everyone Schumer together. Urges calm and puts right. out a strongly worded statement saying that he's very upset with the hanging. <laughs> but like we should look forward and not in the past. Unity. <laughs> Any all this unity garbage. It just look. The only thing that we can, the only way that we can ever go forward is for Donald Trump to get in front of a camera and say out loud, I was lying. I lost the election. It wasn't particularly close. It was close in a few states, I thought, but I, I it wasn't that close even. I lost by a lot of votes. There was no fraud. And until that happens, then... No, we're just there's no reconciliation until until Republicans start saying that out loud. Yep. Look, there was no fraud. This election was good. It was real. He lost. It sucks. <laughs> and move on. And then and then people need to be held accountable. Trump needs to be held accountable. Then you can start to be like, okay, now where do we go from here? You can't just do it yet when they're still saying it was rigged and right, still saying it. <laughs> Like, we can't just forget about it. There was five deaths. Like, there's going to be more. Everybody acts yeah. like that was the low point. It's going to get worse, man. Right. It's going to be really wild here for a few weeks and maybe months and years. Like, it's not over right. by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Nothing about that event felt like everyone left feeling better. Satisfied. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. we made our point, I we think. We made our point. And now... <laughs> I think we showed them something and they probably heard our message and we could all go home now. <laughs> right. No. Or again, if you actually believe that the election was stolen, would that be it? Would you just be like, well, they may have stolen the election, but we yell, we, we scared <laughs> the shit out of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's so crazy. I don't know. I can't even. So if you're asking me predictions, I have no idea. <laughs> no predictions. This weekend could be 
wild. It could be I the mean, end of the Godfather, it but it would be really wild. Yeah. Like and the inauguration, are they even gonna really try to have it? Like I don't know. And they I mean, almost have to to like not be intimidated. But yeah. on the other hand, like what if it's a bloodbath? I don't like Right. I don't know. Also, this seemed almost like I don't know. I guess because it wasn't in it was in Michigan and I didn't like I knew of it. But again, it's also too Trump has sort of made you numb to craziness. But like it was not long ago that there was a like a credible and serious kidnapping threat against the governor of Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're so we've been so lucky so far that we haven't had one. And I, I don't know. I just get a sense our luck is is probably going to run out. Right. Uh, or we're just going to be overwhelmed with it where there's just not enough luck to go around. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Just hold your children tight and hang on for dear life because it's going to be bumpy here. Um, Why is it that you think, though, that there hasn't at least been a little bit more Republican acknowledgement of, like, danger? Not even a, of, like, political blah, 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 but just, but just like, danger. I don't know. Danger. Like, they, they seemed really rattled right after, you know, like it had finally broken through. But then, you know, a few days go by and they, they're right back to, like, you know, there's been a few people... There's still some people keeping the pressure on and corporations are really like abandoning ship. And um, so it seems like something has changed. But yeah, I mean, you know, and that's the thing. They're like when they call the impeachment idea like divisive, it's like, guys, nothing would help more than a few of you joining this effort so that we can say this isn't like the crazy libs. This is like all of us being like, this is bad and wrong and can't ever happen again. Like. That's what needs to happen, not, right. you know, us coming to you with some kind of olive branch. Like, give us something. You just tried to murder all of the, <laughs> our elected leaders. So, I know. Like, you need to show us some kind of reconciliation, not the other way around. Right. Are you kidding me? If I tried to set your house on fire, it would be sort of galling if I was like, Brian, you and I need to work some things out. Right. And it would really do a lot if you could just, like— drop this grudge against me right and we like both have issues i right. think it's fair to say we both played our role in this <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah i don't know man this guy is just such bad news you know it's i think i don't know i mean we're not experts you and i but like i do think it's the it's so interesting the way trump is both like this extension of these things that have been happening to the gop for so many years and aberration and an aberrant figure and uniquely responsible for like there's forces in motion. And I think things have been that have been led the GOP here and to embrace a figure such as him. But then I do also think he is so uniquely terrible and destructive. And then if it was somebody else, it wouldn't be this bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yes. both this continuation of all these things that have been happening and this like unique person in time who maybe is the strangest human that ever lived. <laughs> That are coming together to create this just horrible period we're living yeah. through. Yeah. And I hope he's gone, man, soon. I just hope he's gone soon. Please go away. I know. Well, him not having social media will help. It will help. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that's not insignificant. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Not having to hear from him every day, like and anytime let's put he him wants. On parlor. Let's <laughs> let's put him on an app that nobody uses and he can scream into the void <laughs> yeah can't we do something with him like do you remember creed thoughts from the office like creed from the office wanted to start a blog and so 
somebody set like told them that they set him up with a blog, but it was really just a Word document. <laughs> and so he was just like typing in a Word document every day that was like his blog. Like, can't we do that for Trump? Can't we like right. get him into Google Docs or something and be like, no, this is the new, this is Parlor. Just, right. <laughs> just type it. Right. Or people. like let him tweet, but just don't, nobody can see them. Like he doesn't know. It's like the same interface. It's like, no, you're back up and running. Like, no problem. He's yeah. just like, I'm not getting the engagement. I was. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's now just it's fine. And just like, but there, nobody sees them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And we get him a fake Twitter app that shows his tweets in the timeline. He's like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right. The CIA can do something like that. Right. You would hope. Dramatic news is what we need to get this guy out of public life. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well, I certainly hope that we still have a country this time next week and Me that, uh, you know, we can maybe do this again. Right. I hope we're alive and well and the Knicks are on a winning streak and we'll, uh, Maybe we can talk baseball next week. Maybe there'll be baseball things to talk about. Okay. The Mets did make a huge trade, but they we'll, did. we don't have to. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, whatever. We'll get. We'll have time for that. We'll get that. Yeah, it's a good idea. All right. Yeah. All right. All right.